Hello, welcome to another Riot Act Reviews, part of the Riot Act podcast, the alternative music podcast where you can listen to me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Very good. Good. How are you, Steve? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right. We're doing another review section, as I said, on a Friday. You can listen to Renfrey and I talking all things music-related from the week and the news and stuff. and But occasionally, we like to give you a special little podcast where we review a record of some note. And we have recently reviewed some pretty big releases from the likes of Duran Duran, Biffy Clyro, Lana Del Rey. We also did Mole. Who were not quite as big a band, but because we had such strong feelings about the record, we decided to do a full review of it. I'm just kind of prefacing the review that we're doing today to give you a little bit of context as to why we've potentially picked this record. Today, we are going to be looking at Breaking the Trauma Bond by Voices, the fourth studio album from London's extreme goth meets black metal band, maybe... I mean, I think that is a way to describe them, and I think that encompasses many things that they do, but encompassing everything that voices do in a short descriptor is extraordinarily difficult, I would say. Pretty difficult, yeah. But I would say the foundation of this band, though, is in black metal and gothy stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so this is a follow-up to their 2018 album, Frightened. It was 2014, Renfrey, during... The press tour, I guess, not really bands like they do, but when 2014's London was released, that I really became aware of Voices. I was sort of aware that it was members of Akakoka or ex-members of Akakoka, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I was never like massive, massively into Akakoka particularly. Like I thought they were good, but it was a bit too early for me to to really know about that stuff to know how good they actually were. Should go back to them, really. I wasn't into Akakoka at the time, but I have gone back to them, and they are definitely one of the more interesting of those black metal kind of acts for me. Mm. Sharp suits as well. They look sharp good. suits. They look that. great. Sharp yeah, suits. Lots of they look Satanism. good. But anyway, yeah. mm. I remember voices. The sort of buzz for voices it didn't really start on so much. I didn't think I was aware that they had an album out in 2011 called From the Human Forest Create a Fuge of Imaginary Rain. Actually, sorry, that was, that was 2013. And then London came a year later, 2014. And London got a lot of buzz from the underground. I remember a lot of people going, oh my God, that Voices album is really good. It's really, really good. And people were sort of explaining it to me. And I thought it sounded like something I should like. But at the time, I was on Team Rock Radio, I've said this, 2014, an odd year for me because on one hand I wanted to listen to lots of music, but on the other hand I had to listen to a lot of music and it had to be stuff that would be able to get played on the radio first thing in the morning, like half past seven to, um, let's be perfectly honest here, a bunch of fucking dickheads. (laughs) So I remember giving London a quick listen and it was all a bit dense, very, very challenging for me. I thought this is cool, I should come back to it. And then I just sort of had forgotten about them and that around that period. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to bring you in here. Yeah. Your sort of relationship with the band at all. Do you have one? I'm going to be totally honest. I was completely... I, I missed the London stuff even. Um, I, I was completely unaware of this band to the point and like really pleasantly surprised to learn that two members are from Akakoka. It's actually um, former bassist Peter Benjamin who plays 
guitar and piano which there is a lot of on this album and does the vocals in this band and david gray the drummer not that one mm-hmm. um the I, I didn't know voices at all to the extent that the first three or four times i listened to this record i thought it was a debut um and then i did some actual <laughs> research and realized oh right i've just totally missed this band not to say i mean not that i feel like a total idiot because it's not as if they're the biggest band in the world or anything like that but they are very much not the biggest band in the world in no. fact to, to kind of put it into perspective um mole who are without question the smallest band i would say that we have covered on this particular reviews podcast thus far have about fifty thousand monthly listeners on spotify voices have 1,391 listeners on Spotify. So Voices are, you know, they're not a, they're not a big band by any stretch of the imagination. They're not a commercially successful band. But that doesn't matter. They are a black metal band, to be fair. I mean, it's not like they're striving for that. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. And, and, and yeah, so um, I have seen them live a couple of times. I think, I, again, I sort of forgot about them. Just forgot that they were a thing basically and then frightened came out in 2018 i didn't listen to it in 2018 i think it might have been early to mid 2019 where i saw them play in new cross oh the new cross Inn. yeah oh wow okay cool they played and i remember thinking oh, that's very good and i listened to frightened before that and i thought hmm, yeah this is actually this is actually pretty cool and i should come back to this band a bit more and again, you know, life gets in the life way, in the doesn't way. it? Lots mm. of things happened and we didn't really get a chance around to... So that was 2018, 19. I hadn't really thought about them. And then along comes this record. I saw them at the Black Heart. I think I mentioned it briefly on the show. I saw them at the Black Heart a couple of months ago. And I thought they were superb. Really, really great. They were really interesting. And it made me go, hmm, I'm definitely going to make a point of checking out this new record they played something i don't actually can't remember what it was now they played a new song at Mm. the end of their set Mm. and i was like this is really good Mm. this band are really really good they look great they sound really weird like there was a the drummers are incredible Mm -hmm. and broadly speaking their mix of danzig black and death metal more experimental parts of napalm death post-punk goth and early industrial all of that stuff individually is a massive massive fucking bit of me yeah absolutely um we we got a couple of different ffos uh, uh for fans of so i should say um from this album because uh, there's a couple of uh, different prs working on it but bringing them all together one of them's akakoka obviously that's Fair enough. Liturgy, Typo Negative, Bathory, Paradise Lost, and Nick Cave. And um, I would say that all of those are absolutely apt, some more so than others. I mean, Nick Cave is a bit of a stretch, and I do think sometimes Nick Cave becomes a shorthand for uh the oh this is dark moody somber moody. melodic yeah, 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 yeah. gothicness, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can see it. But I I mean you could throw in 20 bands into the ffo for fans of sorry i'm getting all music industry termy for the for the for fans of and not really cover absolutely everything that is going on here but like i said towards the beginning of this the 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 foundation of it is black metal with a very gothy vibe to it i mean the elevator pitch and i think this is 
doing them a bit of a disservice because there's a much more to it than this but the, the elevator pitch for my money is typo negative played by a black metal band it's not a bad one it's not bad it's, it's not, not it's a not, bad it doesn't one. I mean, encompass everything but but that is that to hook people in i think nick cave from those ffos i'm all happy with them mm. but i think nick cave is doing a lot of heavy lifting mm. where there are a lot of other artists that could be mentioned in his place that are similar to nick cave but more like nick cave feels like a kind of um he's the outer bull yes on a dartboard that yes. is he's not like a bull outside of a house or he's, he's like the outer bull if you're going for the bullseye there are other things which we'll probably get into at the moment so i got sent this record right to review for metal hammer and it really took me off guard because i liked the band when i'd heard them live and stuff and the stuff that you know like i say not properly investigated and this record has just smacked me between the ears so hard because it's just made of all the stuff that i absolutely fucking love i mean you've got a legit favorite record of the year for me here i'm just going to come out and say it i think this record is fucking brilliant yeah completely and utterly awe-inspiringly brilliant and it feels like they are just this record feels like it it loves me and it wants to make me happy even though it's one of the most savagely evil like can be very dark cold nasty record at points but it just feels like it's trying to do a load of stuff that i fucking love yeah i mean we'll go through bits and bobs as we go through tracks and stuff but i feel like I'm sure you're going to be nice about this record, Renfrey, because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you've got working ears and you've got good taste and you know Thank you. that you like it. But I do believe that I probably like this a lot more than you, I would imagine. Certainly, although I will say, I think you came to me uh, when you were reviewing this for Hammer and you were like, you have to listen to this Voices record. And, and, and you know, I, I got hold of a copy and I listened to it and I could tell straight away that it was brilliant but it was also it's so dense and there's so much going on and i do think that a lot of the elements that make it up are elements that we both like but you know i think typo negative are a great band for you i think typo negative are one of your favorite bands of all time absolutely there we go Absolutely. and like yeah. i like typo negative a lot but i wouldn't put them in like my top 20 bands of all time or my mm. top 30 or whatever i think they're... killing joke uh, there we i go. fucking love yeah There's loads of killing joke on this so um so yeah. yes I, I think a lot of what they are doing and what they are kind of experimenting with a lot of those influences are bands that we both have a lot of time for but in a lot of cases it's bands that you adore and bands that i like a lot i've got i've got a lot of time for killing joke but i'd never describe them as one of my favorite bands ever whereas the the i don't know if i don't know if you would say that or not but you certainly have a yeah lot, i would you know yeah. a yeah. lot more yeah. about killing joke than i do yeah so. I, I absolutely would say they're one of my favorite bands yeah, yeah definitely yeah. what i will say though is since we have talked about it privately the amount that this album has grown on me is quite astonishing. Um, mm. And I knew it was great to begin with, but it's so dense and there's so much going on. It does require multiple listens before I could break down why it's so brilliant. 
Which is what we're going to do now, isn't it? Which is what we're going to do yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I would just, you know, so we, we start off with, uh, it actually starts fairly, I mean, I was going to say fairly kind of slowly, but I think it, it starts with two minutes and 39 seconds of a song called A Field Without Crows. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a nice, is nice the right word? It's quite as kind of, it, it teases Gentle. you in rather gently. Yeah. yeah. There's very little on this record that's nice. There are bits and pieces, yeah. but very there little. There is, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there actually is stuff on here that is actually nice. Spoiler alert, this record tells you to kill yourself at the end of it. <laughs> Which is a bit of you, yeah, isn't it? it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about people who shuffle albums, to be honest. Anyway, but the, the title track comes in, and that was when it. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Because it sounds yeah. like something initially from that Voronoi. Remember when I did that Voronoi album? Yeah. Talk about that Voronoi record, which is absolutely maddeningly disorientated. And a lot of people who worked on it were like, Steve's going to fucking hate this. And I don't. And you I don't. Yeah, fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love it. It's great. And that kind of breakbeat piano. And then it just erupts into this furious thing and we get this synth part in the middle and it's like prurient the u.s kind of black metal turned mm-hmm. i guess synth wave kind of uh character it's like and at points i was like that last public service broadcasting record that we did it's like that with with death metal vocals at some points mm-hmm. and i'm like oh fucking hell we're only what are we in at that point we are just under nine minutes into an, an an album that is like an hour and seven minutes long. Yeah. And already I was like, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of shit to take in, but it's fucking huge. The, huge. The beat that starts that song is the title track, Breaking the Trauma Bond, is, uh, I mean, it sounded like a drum and bass type thing to me, but it's, it's not a sample. Mm. It's played live, but it, it felt mm. like an... I mean, initially, it didn't even occur to me that it had that sort of feel to it because it's not sampled and it is played, you know, David Gray, not that one, is playing it live on the drums. But yeah, after a couple of listens, I was like, that beat is the kind of thing that you would hear in, I don't know, some sort of mid-90s drum and bass type thing. It's just being... Ronnie size, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like just fucking huge. The different things that this song goes into you know having that frenetic blast beat black metal stuff but then also this this really beautiful anthemic typo typo will come up a lot type melody and the piano the the contrasts are just amazing and the journey that it takes you on is pretty astonishing and i'm gonna say this right now i suppose this will be a bit of a spoiler alert but this album does start very very strongly and it just gets better and better and better as Mm. it goes on well let's just go further on then i mean i think you get thrash second song audience of mannequins i'm like okay this is they're a metal band aren't they like let's not you know for all that i mean type of negative are a metal band but when i talk about the post-punk thing and the goth thing don't be thinking this is some sort of alt metal band or whatever like they have full-blown extreme metal elements to them nothing is tapered off nothing is you know they're not losing anything by making it melodic and putting this is a heavy fuck if you want to be going oh god i'm not listening to this clean vocals and synth parts and drum and bass and i'll fuck this no 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 just be aware that this album is 
absolutely monstrously heavy really really fucking heavy i said earlier that the foundation of this album is black metal and i think that Mm -hmm. is true but within the realms of black metal and like if you absolutely despise black metal truthfully i don't know if you would be able to get on board with this i I think that is fair to say but in terms in terms of uh how far it pushes the boundaries of you know a genre which can be pretty like pretty undynamic it knows a lot of the rules of black metal and quite brazenly and proudly breaks them I think so, yeah. I mean, by putting in a kind of 70s cop car chase on lilacs in between, <laughs> like, it's almost got like, do you know what I mean? Like, that has, yeah. but it's more like a Transylvanian hearse rather than a cop car. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. the momentum. I mean, again, the drums on that Ferocious. song are astonishing. Mm. And, you know, and the, is, pia- the piano is so the piano. bright. That it's yeah. so bright so, you know piano has been used in black metal music before but it's almost like they've taken the piano tone or something from a tom petty record and put it on this song and yet it works because of the juxtaposition it works because those things are at yeah odds th- with this each is other. not like because i think sometimes when you think of like i guess because i nearly said kind of symphonic esque elements in it into that symphonic black metal but i don't want people to think this is like cradle of filth and i don't want people to think this is like dimu Borgir, and i certainly don't want to think it's like fucking within temptation or something do you know what i mean it's 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 definitely not that it might even be i mean it's not as cheesy as that at any point no but yeah yeah i struggled with exactly the same thing i mean like, later on certainly there are symphonic elements that come in and i kind of wrote nightwish down and then deleted nightwish because i was like i don't want people to think that that is the sound of it and yet there are definitely symphonic elements which are done in a manner which you know it's undoubtedly still symphonic and big but yeah with no cheese whatsoever i, I think i think typo to think like, there's a song called running away which is that mm. proper that kind of that they recall the most romanticized version of october rust on that song and i think obviously everyone knows how i feel about that band mm-hmm. so yeah definitely a bit of me and again you know the thing i always loved about typo is really really romanticized very very catchy and i think voices will be much more alienating to people who like their music to be much more romanticized if you're looking for a kind of pure goth record a romantic goth record like a dark goth record this is that but it's also way too heavy to just be that but when they do do it it doesn't come across as cheesy to me it comes across as i don't know kind of deeply earnest and real and kind of that's the nick cave thing about it because nick cave's never cheesy is he like when he's doing you know when when nick cave is doing love a man or whatever or you know even when he's doing a song with kylie minogue and mm. it's, a, it's a, a some sort of love song it still feels threatening and it but it, but it does feel very lush and romantic but it's not cheesy at all yeah i, th- I think a lot of symphonic metal to me sometimes feels very disney to be honest and some people might, yeah. might raise their eyebrows at that you look like you know you think dimu borgir sounds like disney well no yeah it does well, well yes and no i would say i mean no no i can't imagine dimu borgir like playing a disney parade or something like that but the way that those strings are utilized is a very kind of 
cheesy Disney-esque way. And actually, I mean, that's the appeal to some people. But for me personally, it's just not what I want or what I'm after, really, with that kind of thing. But the symphonic elements on this album are not done in that manner at all. They're stirring, they're evocative, they are... I, I want to avoid using the word genuine... <sighs> Because I don't want to, I don't want to insinuate that the Within Temptation stuff or the Nightwish stuff isn't genuine. Because I think it does come from a genuine place, but I just find it more stirring and evocative myself personally. I think that's a taste thing. I don't think it's uh, you know Nightwish bad, this good, but this it's certainly done in a way which has more appeal to me. Um, that i like you know and and mm. and just before we move on from running running away i just wanted to mention the fact that the bass tone in that song reminded me of the bass tone from 10 by pearl jam and i'm mainly saying that mm. not to I, I mean i don't i suspect that wasn't the band's reference for it and it might you know just be by accident but in terms of the sheer amount of stuff that this is reminds me of it's like wow i'd never thought that a black metal band would remind me of pearl jam ever <laughs> i think that this might be the first time it's ever happened but yeah. the the bass tone it does you know whether intentionally or not and i suspect the latter sounds like jeff immense bass tone on 10 <laughs> Which is great. Jeff Ament likes Celtic Frost quite a lot, you know. He'd, oh, Jeff Ament's a huge metal fan. Yeah, and yeah. Mike McCready used to be in a band called Shadow, who were admittedly not very good, but they were <laughs> full-on thrash metal, you know. like They do yeah. have metal influences. It's just you don't Definitely. hear it very much in Pearl Jam's music. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Pearl <laughs> Jam all the time. Um, the I mean, you know, from the, I've put down is a satin-shirted loveliness mixed with satiricon-style clatter on a song like The Widower. I can't believe I didn't write Satyricon down. Yeah, there is quite a bit of Satyricon, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. a little bit of Satyricon. And Beckoning Shadows, Blast Beats with a creepy melodic undertone mm -hmm. and a kind of Krautrock-esque disembodied voice to it. It's like if Emperor and Killing Joke did a song for Interview with a Vampire. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's all those things where you go, well, that's that, that, and that. And again, you know, kind of heard all these things before, but never really heard them melded together, all these kind of dark types of music in such a... in such an odd way as they are, and a brilliant way as they are melded together. You know, I've put My Sick Mind starts with the piano and electric beat, which could be a Bauhaus and Nine Inch Nails mashup. Like recently, yeah, I actually. Nine Inch Nails, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I saw on YouTube Trent Reznor doing Bela Lugosi's Dead. Oh, wicked. With, who the fuck was he doing it with? Well, it was him and Peter Murphy from Bauhaus doing it with TV on the radio. It might be TV on the radio. Anyway, some band that I'm not that familiar with. But anyway, it was, it was, and it was really, really good. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind a bit more of this. And this song kind of was like, hello. We'll give you a little bit more of this. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted. Whispers is like Ministry with Barney from Napalm Death on vocals. Fucking great. <laughs> Whispers is the point of the record where this, for me, it goes from being a absolutely yeah, a brilliant record, which I'm really, really, really impressed with, to something truly spectacular. I think there is a three-song run which begins with Whispers, then goes into The Widower, and then Kaleidoscope of Thorns, which is just under 15 minutes, where I look at that and I go, this is perfect. There is literally not a single 
note, not a single production choice. There isn't a single thing I would change. And this is a really long, dense album. And if you want a just sort of brief summation of why this album is amazing, listen to Whispers, uh, the widower and kaleidoscope of thorns and i think that really it encompasses a lot of what this album does in those three songs and i think it, it they are the best i was trying to go which is my favorite song on this album and it is a three-way tie between those three songs and they're all completely different as well well i mean i have mentioned whispers which i really really like i think widower as you've already mentioned, is fucking great as well. Massive orchestra. The, that, that's the, that's very symphonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, yeah. Very, very, symphonic. very symphonic. But the moment I think where I did the biggest, like, holy shit, was on Kaleidoscope of Thorns, yeah. which manages to be scabrously, unbelievably, like, fire-breathingly intense, mm. and yet unbelievably catchy and incredibly anthemic. It's like the score to the end of some superhero blockbuster movie that was captured and dragged to a snowy mountaintop in a f- or a frosty wood in Norway. And <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty and good. it reminds me, it's, it's a really weird song. Yeah. And yet, do you know what it reminds me of? And it only struck me. And I, I it, it doesn't even sound like them, but I've written down Biffy Clyro. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. And I can't even find the words to justify why I th- this, this reminds me of Biffy Clyro. I think it's because in the same way as Biffy Clyro took, you know, math rock and turned it into something palatable for a lot more people, but refused to go, well, okay, let's get rid of the the math rock thing entirely they went no 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 Mm. we will find a way to incorporate that without and make it palatable get and making it palatable at the same time there is a sense on a song like kaleidoscope of thorns where you go this is still unbelievably heavy Mm. this is still sounds like black metal and it's weird coming off the back of the mo album where i was like they're like the kings of leon of of black gaze or whatever (laughs) do you know what i mean and going oh there's actual songs on here it's like like kaleidoscope of thorns is maybe even more than anything on the Mo album. Arguably, yes. The most palatable version of extreme metal while still remaining extreme metal that I might have ever heard in my entire life. Yes. I think it comes down to the fact, and I the Biffy Clyro thing I didn't get, but then as soon as you said it, I understand where you're coming from. In terms of trying to describe why, it's definitely a stretch to call Kaleidoscope of Thorns a happy song. Um, but it is really uplifting in a way that you don't really hear in black metal. I think the exception is black gaze stuff, but this is not black gaze at all. Like there isn't anything no, on this record isn't. that I'd say is 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 black gaze. The, the, the no, shoe no, gaze element does not exist gothy. on this record. Yeah. This is goth. It's not. It's not black gaze. They're not trying to do that at all. Um, and. The only way that I have heard, me personally, and I've admitted in the past I'm not, you know, the go-to person for black metal, so, you know, there might be some things, I'd be very curious to hear them if people do have any ideas, but the only times that I've heard black metal have that optimistic sort of sense to it, 
maybe not lyrically but but that that uplifting feel to it is in black gaze and this is a song which absolutely isn't using black gaze elements but it is a black metal song and it is really uplifting um it, it, it it's really catchy it is really catchy I, I i'm like i mean there's so much to discuss on this record i'm not su- I'm surprised but but we haven't even mentioned the absolutely massive massive hooks on this album when peter benjamin does start singing and does start doing hooks i can't even remember what song this is from but the one which i am constantly singing to myself at the moment is the voices fade away while the whispers stay the same and i just i just i just can't like i'm constantly singing bits from this album and then there are other bits which just are throat rippingly amazing you know it kind of and it manages to marry it all and do it in a way that feels completely and utterly cohesive it doesn't feel like just getting loads of different ideas chucking them at a wall seeing what stick it's it feels like it's it, it works cohesively as a record and it's really long this album when yeah. you gave it to me and you were so excited about it and yada 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 i loaded it up 16 tracks 16 songs 69 minutes and i was like oh he's gone off his rocker there's there's no fucking way this is going to keep my attention for that long especially as someone who you know i'm a casual black metal fan at best i would say like i there's probably i'm getting a lot more into black metal of late definitely but you know i I, it's not my go-to genre at all this album it is long and it does feel long in the epic sense but it's never boring and i think it manages to absolutely justify its length because the quality starts very very high and it just continues to get better and better and better as it goes on we were talking recently about albums and how often they're often front-loaded and mm-hmm. I think that in a weird way, this is the complete opposite. It starts really strong and just continues to get better. Like I say, Whispers, The Widow and Kaleidoscope of Thorns are the point on the record where I go, wow, that is the absolute pinnacle. But that's track 12, 13 and 14. And it's it's followed by, I mean, I just want to say She Speaks to Me in a Dream is a legit ballad. Yes. It's a, bla- it's a black metal ballad, yeah, yeah, for yeah. fuck's sake. I mean, I don't even know if that is a thing, like it might be, but... I mean, I can't recall anything that, that to this extent where I'm like, oh, it's a black metal ballad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It actually fucking is. And then the weird tonal discordant end to photographs of a storm passing overhead at the end is really amazing. Like, I'm, like you, you got, I, I got to a point within this where I was like, wow, like you say, it's uplifting and it's there's things that are popping out that stay with you, like choruses and stuff. But then at the end they go, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. We, you, we, we let you go on this horrible, amazing, really heavy, scary, disset, you know, un- unsettling. Nothing catchy about this, you know. Like no. it's a big old load of fucking noise to end Discordant the record, and it's, and... and it's great, mm. and it shows that they, you know, like they can do that shit. But it almost, it's more impressive because of what's just come before it yeah. i mean yeah i agree with you i think the second because when i was reviewing it for ham first time i like, make notes the first time you listen to it and i was like wow this is really really good and i was like oh, i'll probably make most of the notes about the first half because that will be the best thing but as we got to the end i was like oh shit i'm gonna have to delete most of these notes for the review because the second half of this record is fucking fantastic yeah, yeah. absolutely fantastic 
it's nasty that ending isn't it like it's proper oh. nasty um but it really feels it feels i mean when i say quite horrible to listen to i mean that in the in the most positive sense i think i think you know it, it is that by design and there are moments on the record um that break into that really discordant stuff ghost city has some really discordant shit going on which is almost yeah. imperial triumphant slash dillinger-esque definitely <laughs> imperial triumphant uh, yeah, low, yeah 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 that's a great shout yeah, um, i actually thought of that but yes but but yeah that that ending is 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 pretty pretty oh it's 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 actually quite difficult to listen to you know it's 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 tough um but i think that's a i think that's a great thing i i was sort of racking my brains and and whilst um whilst i don't love this record as much as you do in terms of like sitting here and trying to objectively go what like what are the faults with this record it's really difficult for me to come up with many if any faults at all if anything and I'm really racking my brains to do this. The only thing I would say is most of the songs on this album follow the same pattern in that it will often start with something very, very black metal-y and then eventually expand out with more piano stuff and, and there'll be a cleaner vocal hook which suddenly really evokes Pete Steele and that gothy thing comes in. There's a lot of stuff which starts black metal and gets gothier as it goes on. However, I didn't notice that for ages because the quality of the songwriting is so high and I would also say mm. it's certainly not the case with all of the songs. We've already pointed out My Sick Mind which is just completely different. Um, she speaks to him in a dream, a field without crows. To say that every song on this album does that would be factually inaccurate. I yeah. do think of the 16 of them, maybe 10, 11 do. But when the quality is this high and when at the end of the day they are doing things which are completely different to what their peers are doing anyway, I don't know if that is really a massive issue at all, to be honest with you. I don't feel that it is to me. I mean, you know, I... Uh, well, I don't think it is. I, I, I was just trying to be like what are the negatives of this album and that is the best thing i can come up with and even mm. that i think is kind of neither here nor there do you do you understand where i'm coming from do, do you agree with what i'm saying there a, a little bit okay. i mean i hadn't really noticed it so much i've got to be honest i only noticed it because i was specifically trying to be a cunt and come up with something that i didn't like about it but right. i had to really think about it yeah i mean i, I don't know i don't know um yeah potentially that is something which could be seen as a i guess a bit of a negative i guess i don't think it's a massive issue like i said no. i was just trying to no, think no, of something negative. Me, yeah but i mean like yeah i think if you listen to this and you're going oh it sort of follows the same thing it's like oh there's so much going on yeah 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 i do yeah, i do it's, think it's kind of irrelevant but still yeah i uh, yeah, I mean, it, it never it, it never occurred to me, so I'm just sort of chewing it over at the moment. Mm. But um, yeah, not for me, really, no. Breaking the Trauma Bond by Voices. That's what we've just been speaking about. Like we say, it's definitely the smallest record that we have reviewed since we've been doing these individual reviews. But it is of such significant quality that we just absolutely felt that we needed to, to do this um, because it's 
it's a, just a, a brilliant, brilliant record. When we started doing these reviews separately from the show, a large thing that people said was a concern was uh, we still want new music brought to us or, or bands that we may not be aware of. And this is a band that... I'm sure black metal aficionados are already aware of, but there will be loads of people like myself who, you know, maybe like black metal a bit, but they don't know loads about it, who this band really, really would appeal to. And it's relatively likely that you may not be aware of them. So this is almost a kind of like, don't worry, we're still going to try and bring stuff to you that you might not be aware of. Um, And when it's this good, we will go on in on it in this detail because this definitely deserves it yeah absolutely all right well there you go go and listen to this record it is really really good it's out on friday the 26th of november whenever you're 2021 whenever you're listening on to church this, road records on church road records Lovely. who are very good as well so go over and find it on wherever you get your music maybe buy the bloody vinyl because i bet it sound lovely on vinyl and we will be back we will see you for another one of these probably going to be failure the next one we we do i would imagine so yeah we'll be doing that at some point all right thanks for listening guys see you soon